This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Heartland Daily Podcast. I'm Lenny Jarrett, Director of the Center for Education Opportunities here at the Heartland Institute and host of today's edition of the podcast. Today's guest is Tim Benson, Education Policy Analyst here at Heartland. We will be dis- discussing chronic absenteeism in West Virginia. Tim, thank you for being on today. Nice to see you again, buddy. Long time to talk. Yes. Uh, so first is, what is chronic absenteeism? Uh, basically, it's defined, and chronic absenteeism is defined as more than 10 or at least 10 absences uh, during a school year for a teacher. So uh, 10 days, there's a lot of, there's a lot of research, uh, empirical research on uh, teachers and the time they miss, you know, uh, during the school year and what, what that does, uh, what the effect that has on their students. And uh, a lot of research has gone into this and showed that uh, about 10 days of absences over the course of the year in, in uh, math and English. So, uh, you know, if you reduce that instructional intensity, uh, the, the discontinu- uh, discontinuities from that and, you know, the disruption of regular routine and procedures in the classroom has a big effect on the students. So, so 10 is really uh, uh, sort of like that tipping point they consider. Right, and then you just did a paper here on West Virginia. So what percentage yeah. of West Virginia teachers are chronically absent? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it's over half, and it's been, uh, it's been over half for uh, four consecutive years. Uh, it was 52, almost 53% in uh, fiscal year 2019. It was uh, 52.5% in 2018, uh, 51% in 2017, and 50% in 2016. So they're actually, the numbers are actually going up. And uh, even worse, um, almost 11% of teachers missed at least 20 days of school uh, for the past four years. Wow. So this is not an outlier for one year. This is actually a regular occurrence, and it's a, a trend that's ha- that's actually, it sounds like it's getting worse. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, um, it's, you know, it's regular as rain, and, you know, like I said, the, the numbers are steadily uh, increasing. You know, it's been about, uh, it's increased two percentage points, basically, in the last two, uh, in the last four years. So, and what do the teachers' unions have to say about this absenteeism? <laughs> well, yeah, uh, the, uh, one of the newspapers out there uh, talked to a guy named Dale Lee, who is the He's the president of the West Virginia Education Association, which is the their local affiliate from the National Education Association, which is the uh, the country's largest, uh, or it's the it's the largest teacher union. It's also the largest union and the largest special interest group in the country. And he was just basically like, oh, you know, teachers get sick too, and you know they have aging parents that they're caring for, and and 70% of them are, are female, so they have babies, and that's why they miss all the school. So um, it, it was just sort of like a, it was just sort of like a, yeah, whatever, we don't really care sort of yeah, thing. very kind of dismissive and, uh, then. Yeah, I mean, and, I'm, but, you know, the, the legislature in 
in West Virginia, they've, they've given teachers 15 sick days a year uh, in their you know contract. So, I mean, you give people that much time, they're gonna, I mean, they're going to take pretty much that much time and there, you know, there's no incentive not to. So, I mean, they're just going to, if they want to take a day off, they're going to take a day off and the kids are going to, the kids are going to suffer from it. All right. So teachers get this, well, get, earn 15 days off a year for sick time. Uh, many of them are taking it, but what would, how are children or students treated versus Kind of the teachers are they treated the same way? Can they take that many sick days off, or what? What are what are, what are uh, the students? Yeah, I mean they can take uh, sick days, but I mean it, it's pretty funny. There's a for unexcused absences for for children. This is uh, pretty funny. So if a if a child uh, misses ten school days unexcused, um, the state considers officially considers that child to be a truant, and uh, their parents can be fined. <laughs> By the state up to $100 or the cost of uh, plus the cost of prosecution um, for the offense. Now, if, the, if a second case of truancy occurs, the parents can also be sent to jail for uh, 20 days. So if you're a teacher and you miss 10 days, it's like, yeah, fine. That's that, it's built into your contract. So great. If you're a student, you miss 10 days, you know, the parents can be you know, thrown on the who's gown. So, <laughs> yeah. So make that really clear. Yeah. Parents of truant students can yeah. be fined and go to jail and the teachers are going to continue to get paid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you talked about this, kind of mentioned this before, but how does chronic absenteeism affect student learning? Well, yeah, like I said, there's lots of this instructional time that the, the intensity of the instruction they receive when their normal teachers there, Obviously, they don't have that when a substitute um, is in the classroom. And there's been research that shows that, you know, uh, replacing a, just an average teacher uh, with a substitute uh, is the equivalent of replacing uh, that teacher with one who sits just like between like the 10th and 20th percentile in the range of productivity. Um, so, like I said, the, the you know, the, the more these teachers are out, the less uh, the less well these children are doing in both math, uh, math and reading on their test scores and their attainment, all that sort of thing. So it really, it really affects the kids when the teachers are, are uh, not in the classroom. Yeah, uh, well, West Virginia has been one of the few, few states that hasn't, that hasn't had charter schools until recently. They just passed the law this year, allowing for three charter schools to be able to start Boy, at 20. Three yeah. Three, two. And it's, and they talked about when, I mean, I was actually there, they were talking about how they didn't want to rush into this. Uh, by 2021, we will have had charter schools in the country for 30 years. So 30 years mm -hmm. is not really rushing into anything, but right. how is, how do, what is charter school absenteeism for teachers um, compared around the country? How, how did, how do they compare? Uh, well, there's no numbers yet for West Virginia because right. like I said, they just, they just signed the law for those for those three schools, and three schools isn't you know it's you couldn't even make a comparison you know uh, with country. Um, it's about teachers in traditional public schools because let's remember charter schools are still public schools. Yes, uh, teachers in traditional public schools are about three times as likely to be chronically absent as teachers in charter schools. And another interesting thing is that teachers so there's there are also a lot of people think that uh, charters aren't unionized. Uh, most of them aren't, but some of them are. And um, 
teachers in unionized charters are likely to be chronically absent as teachers in non-unionized charters. Wow. So it really does. The it's really kind of a kind of comes back to that correlation with unionism. Teacher union yep. is is kind of prevalent there. That'd be something more interesting to kind of look into deeper on that. So. Um, something that West Virginia did discuss when they were passing this bill on charter schools was actually rewarding teachers for missing fewer days. What, what's kind of your take on that, and would that help solve this problem? Uh, I doubt it. I mean, it's, I, I don't know why we have to pay people to extra to do their job when, I mean, they're already getting paid to do their job. It's, I, I, I just, I, maybe that would work, but I, it's just something about that, that that just sort of sticks in my craw a little bit. Like we're going to have to pay extra just to just to show up. Yeah. Um, the real the real way to combat this would be to actually bring some competition into West Virginia, the, the education uh, sector there, and allow uh, not only uh, you know an unlimited amount of charter schools, but also to uh, allow some private private school choice programs like uh, like an education savings account or a voucher tax credit scholarship something like that. yeah West... only by increasing the competition for the public schools are you going to make them more accountable and um, you know the parents are obviously if the parents are in a school where you know the kids teachers are out all the time they're you know that's probably going to piss them off and they would like to look maybe for some uh, for some alternative to that. And, uh, you know, so that's what charters and that's what the private school choice could provide for them. Right. Yeah, and it would be nice to increase because all of the neighbors around West Virginia, all their neighboring States have some form of school choice. So it'd be nice if West Virginia did that. And actually, that would be actually an interesting study is to compare a state without or very, very limited school choice, compare the teacher absenteeism right around to each of the neighboring states and see if that has actually made a difference. Yeah. You know, that's actually, uh, that's actually a pretty good idea. Maybe we, maybe we should do that. Something we should do that. <laughs> or there's some people that put out studies almost every single week that might be will, wanting to do that too. Yeah. <laughs> so I, we've discussed a lot of this today. Is there anything else you would actually like to add in here that we haven't talked about yet? Uh, no, I would just, you know, stress that, uh, the need for competition in West Virginia, uh, the school system, I mean, their, their, uh, their numbers are poor. Uh, you know, you look at the state assessment, uh, the West Virginia summative assessment, you know, only 46% in proficient in grade level in English language arts and just 39%, uh, did so in math and, uh, you know, that's so basically more than half of their kids in West Virginia public schools aren't being, uh, you know, aren't proficient at grade level in these two you know, very important subjects. Um, that outside of the whole absent teacher absenteeism thing, uh, that I mean, that just shows me that they really need that uh, they would really benefit from the increased competition that can be brought by um, charters and uh, private school choice programs and and. Uh, People in people in West Virginia, uh, they're they're ready for it. Uh, there was a poll, uh, the Cardinal Institute, which is uh, the local uh, SPN think tank in West Virginia. They did a poll on ESA programs uh, back in 2017, so not too long ago, a couple of years ago, and uh, they found uh, 56% of uh, 
people who responded to the um, to the poll are in favor of uh, of an ESA program in West Virginia, and uh, for and almost half, 48 percent, think that the, the public schools in the state are either poor or failing. Um, so the you know the there is there is a audience there, and I would if they if Cardinal did this poll again, I I wouldn't be surprised after the teacher strike uh, last year. And, uh, you know, if anyone had seen the news about these, uh, about the teacher absenteeism rate, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if uh, those numbers are even higher uh, than they were two years ago. Yeah, they probably are. And something to note, actually, teacher strikes are illegal in West Virginia, yet they, right. continue, well, the thing, to, yeah. Yeah, they continue to strike <laughs> with, with impunity. No, they're not being held accountable, and they're kind of being rewarded for their absenteeism and other things here when they're not even allowed to strike. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and that's the other thing that I mean the the legislator they have legislatures they have to start uh you know, they have to start uh standing up to the unions a little bit here and uh learning how to say no. I mean, just think about like okay, just hypothetically just think about this. So last year with the teacher strike that went Oh, that went like a week and a half, didn't it? Something or, or like, almost, yeah. like at least weeks, a, yeah, at least a week weeks. and then a few days off and on for other parts of the year as well. Okay, yeah. So, no. So, say your kid missed a couple weeks out of school uh, because of the strike. Now, imagine your kid's also in one of those classes that with the ten percent of teachers that missed twenty days of school a year. <laughs> you know, so your kids um, had twenty days, but you know, almost thirty days of the school year where his teacher, his or her teacher, wasn't in the classroom. I mean, that's. That's a significant chunk of the school year, and it's no wonder that when the teachers are out of the, you know, out of the classroom that long, that you know the performance, the performance of the students on all these, uh, you know, statewide tests and the and the nation's report card and all that are so low. So, yeah, and it, yeah, it, it really is. the The students are the ones that end up getting hurt by all of these actions, with teachers not being there, teachers going on strike. And you're right, the legislators have to start standing up to these unions, and I think they get scared because the teachers' unions are very, very vocal and active, and they're not listening to the parents, even though the surveys say parents want a choice. Yeah. Like I said, like I said earlier, um, you know, teachers' unions, especially the NEA, they're the, it's the biggest, it's the largest special interest group in the country, and they spend a lot of money uh, making sure that they, you know, try to kill any sort of attempt to uh, bring in any form of competition, uh, you know, for public schools, for traditional public schools. And uh, like I said, they spend a lot of money on, uh, you know, their sort of their propaganda, you know, and, and uh, in media. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and legislators are concerned that if, you know, they prolong these strikes or, you know, just say no and the, the, the unions are, you know, the teachers are out, the longer they're out. I mean, obviously it's a burden on the parents because you have to find a way or you have to find somewhere for your kid to go during the day when they're supposed to be in school. And especially, you know, if you're working parents. Um, so it just, I'm sure that's in the back of their mind, but it's never, this is never going to get, uh, they're never going to get to a point where this is going to be any easier dealing with the union. So they actually stand at one time to say, no, sorry, we're not, we're not giving you what you want. Yeah, and besides the money that they spend on the propaganda and propaganda, the media, these rallies, everything they do, 
the NEA also dumps millions of dollars in hundreds of millions of dollars into local, state, and federal elections too. So that kind of scares a lot of the politicians. So it's really the unions are the bullies in this instant, (laughs) kind of the bullying the politicians instead of it them wanting to politicians serving the people, they are serving and rewarding the bullies. Yep, absolutely. I mean, but that's the whole point. And that's why they spend that money. They get the people, you know, they want in, in, in office. And then once those people that they've given large campaign (laughs) donations to are in office, then those are the people that are sitting across the the negotiating table with the union um, to figure out the union's compensation and their collective bargaining agreement. So it's, it's not like it's a, you know, it's a fair process. Um, you know, yeah, so. the taxpayers are left out of the negotiations, yet they're the ones that have to pay all the bills. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I, thanks for being on today, Tim. So thank you, listeners, for joining us today. And if you have other questions, feel free to contact us. You can email me at education at heartland.org. If you have a question for Tim, I will forward on, the, on that as well. You can also find us on Twitter at school reform as well. So look us up and listeners. I want to thank you again for joining us today and make sure to check out Heartland's website, heartland.org as we continue to track education issues, including teacher strikes, teacher absenteeism, the ability to get education choice and provide all students with the education opportunity that fits their need. So may also make sure to visit our PolicyBot website. It's your one-stop shop for free market solutions to public policy problems. And if you're hearing one of these podcasts for the first time, make a point to subscribe to our daily podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and make sure to have a great day. Are you interested in helping the freedom movement? Are you interested in helping the Heartland Institute? then consider selecting the Heartland Institute as your Amazon Smile charity of choice. Amazon's charity will donate one half of 1% of your purchases to the Heartland Institute without any additional cost to you. And believe us, every little bit counts. Visit smile.amazon.com and type in the Heartland Institute to get started today.